The beautiful thing you said there just reminded me of my favourite saying. It's a genius doesn't have great answers, he asks great questions. You mentioned the words financial education for business owners earlier on, and uh, I want to use that to pick up on something that we were about to talk about before we started recording. Now, one of you know, one of my uh, let's say pet peeves or or, or, or think, things that I you know, things that I like to talk about and try and advise other business owners about is the importance. Of, of financial education and I say financial education I mean I, I, I actually say it in the context of every department I mean you know I strongly believe I haven't got a department in my business that I don't know enough about to not to, to not get screwed over um, you know so so a lot of, a lot of that is down to because I have personal interest in, in, in some of these topics or some of these areas but I also do it from from the perspective of you know of ultimately needing to protect myself and you know, whether that's you know digital marketing to be able to hold a conversation with someone about seo or adwords you know whether it's you know having a a, a loose enough understanding of operations to be able to argue with a warehouse manager or where you know whether it's understanding law to talk to a lawyer or whether it's understanding accounts to talk to an accountant you know for me it's absolutely essential as a business owner that you know that, that you have all of those skill sets now look you're always going to be better in one than, than another and that's fine but I, I think you know it's it's lazy slash absolutely stupid slash ultimately suicidal to not you know to, to as a business owner to not have uh, you know the fundamental knowledge in those different divisions you particularly accounts and you know and what and what, what I find and I, I see this from a co- couple of different areas because one is obviously my day-to-day business is providing loans to uh, you know, to, to SME businesses in the UK uh, and we will very often uh, you know obviously be, be contracting with a business owner we'll ask them for some financial information or we'll, or we'll ask them to give us some detail on the financial information <clears throat> And these would be questions that I would think should be simple to answer. And the response is always the same. Oh, I'm going to have to put you onto my accountant for that. He'll be able. He'll, he'll have to tell you. You know that. Or they'll say, I don't deal with that stuff. That's what the accountant deals with. And I'm thinking, you know, I look at this and if you don't know the answers to that, either if you don't know how to answer me in general, or if you didn't know a month ago and therefore want to look at it, I mean, you you have got absolutely no chance because. The other thing, and this isn't a criticism of accountants, for me it's a criticism of professions in general. You know, business owners will always say, oh, you've got to use my accountant, she's the best. Or, oh, you've got to use my lawyer, he's the best. And the chances are they, are, they aren't the best. <laughs> There's only one best. It's just that because you don't know what you're talking about, and they've done something that you think they know what they're talking about, like they've filed a tax return or they've, they've produced some accounts on time for you. you know, they, they naturally assume that they're, that, that they're very good. But the reality is, well, I, said, I, I don't know what the statistic is, so I don't want to be too scathing for the profession, but I have, I have met in my career, and I've dealt with a hell of a lot of accountants, both ones I've employed and ones I've, uh, I guess, ones I've dealt with for other people. And I can count on the fingers of one hand the number of accountants that I would say they are shit hot people that I that, that I would like to work with and that I would trust. Uh, I would entrust them with my money. Yeah, you know, I've employed and worked with plenty of accountants who were, you know, on on their CV, they're hundred hundred grand a year, you know, finance directors, and they sh- and they they can't make a balance sheet balance. You know that they 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 don't realise that the P and L doesn't add up and 
You know, for me, I mean, it, yes, it's frightening, but it's also the norm. And like I say, this isn't a criticism of the accountancy sector because it's the same. The lawyers, it's the same. With you know, but there's so many shit people in every sector. But unless you've got, uh, you know, an understanding of what's going on yourself, how can you how can you possibly know who you can work with? How can you possibly know who you can trust? And for me, you know, the amount of business owners without even the basics of financial knowledge, you know, who can't sit there and you know know the difference between a balance sheet and a P and L, you know, know the difference between loan and an equity or cash flow or you know, whatever it may be. I mean, the, the percentage of people is absolutely frightening. And I know this is something that we uh, we started to talk about before we came on the came on the recording and I, and I stopped you because I wanted it to be a uh, to be spontaneous and exciting conversation so uh, over to you that's that's totally true um, we also see a lot of business owners when we start in the relationship with businesses the the general request would be you do it uh, if this is your best opinion we we'll trust you you came from the reputable recommendation and we uh, and we just sign on the dotted line and uh, that would spark the you know questions in my head like how long you gonna carry on as a business owner if you have such an attitude uh because contrary to the successful business owners i see and i work with um they would ask the questions and they will explain and they would know the data and this is the difference i see between the uh successful business owner and the amateur uh how they treat the data and when the accountant is talking they're actually picking up the you know those germs how to use how to spend how to make the decision and what variations and figures to pay attention to so i totally agree with you uh, having brilliant accountant is just the reflection how brilliant you are if you understand the data and you can speak and get more knowledge from the accountant accountant is is very expensive profession for the paper shifting and just you know filling the boxes accountant knows much more uh value generating when to invest how to invest when to make the right financial decision and this is what the accountant should be used for not for filling filling the boxes and filling the tax return we have the operators who do that i mean when i first started i guess having this conversation with you or, or thinking about the concept i was imagining that probably most people listening to this would think oh you know it's a long way off for me or you, you need to be a, you need to be quite a, quite a substantially sized business you know before that coo role, role drop drops in but i think for me having heard more about it from you i would see it coming in actually in an early stage in a business now it, it depends i guess it depends on what your strategy is as to how you're going to grow your staffing structure and i know different people have different takes on this and you know, I always get asked the question of, you know, if I'm starting a business, who's the first person that I should be hiring? Or, you know, what, what, what is the order of who I take on? And my take on it, because I'm, I'm a massive advocate for the fact that any business owner, any CEO should know how to do as many of the jobs as possible, as well as possible. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this a lot with, with regards to finance, for example. And I'm absolutely frightened and staggered at the same time by the amount of business owners, I would say almost the vast majority, that have no grasp of the finances of the business whatsoever. I mean, I, 
as someone lending money, you know, all the time first hand where, you know, we'll get an application for finance. We'll ask them a few questions saying, oh, we've just looked at your accounts. Can you come back and answer us these questions, please? And the response will always be, I can't tell you that. I've got an accountant who does that for me or let me pass you over to my FD because because they need to give me the answers. And it's absolutely frightening that they, and these aren't complicated questions, and it's frightening to me that they don't know the answers. I always say, look, you don't need to be an accountant, but you need to have enough knowledge so that you can find your way around a P&L, find your way around a balance sheet and be able to have conversations with any of the divisions in your business so that you know you're not getting the wool pulled over your eyes. So whether that's sales or marketing yeah. or operations or finance or, or, or whatever it may be. My view to when someone's starting a business and growing a business and looking to scale from a staffing perspective is, I think as the founder, you should be doing as much of everything as possible until you then hit breaking point. And it's almost like yeah. for me, for me, higher number one, or person number two in the business is almost an assistant to you and a, and a, and a, and a jack of all trades. And that when, when you do decide that you want to be hiring someone in a division, like you need someone in sales or you, or you, or you need someone in marketing. Again, I, I think it's worth putting the money and the effort in to find a manager rather than an executive on day one. I know a lot of people will argue, well, that's too expensive for me because you yeah. know, I, I, don't, I don't need someone managing. But if you don't have the caliber of managers, etc., below you, then ultimately you're going to find, find yourself doing too much management, too much nitty gritty. There's yeah. a long, long story, long, long explanation story that, but I guess where I'm le leading to is that uh, I guess for the right COO, it sounds very much like a, a right hand to a CEO, you know, to, to a CEO really, the, 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 the person that can help yeah. you in so many areas deliver on your vision. Yeah, I, I, I think I think those are brilliant observations and clearly born, Matt, out of real world experience, right? There's no substitute for having your hands on it yourself. And when you're creating something for the first time, I, I agree with you, like you've got to understand the unit economics, right? You know, how much am I making on this? Did I lose on that transaction? You know, how, how many of these do I need to sell in order to turn a profit and break even? Like, like you've got to have that. And even if you're, you feel a bit of a numbers phobe, like you've got to find a way that you understand intrinsically the, 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 the economics of what it is that you're selling, whether it's a product or a service or something like that. And, you know, I think there, there is there is a learning, isn't there, and a humility to making a payroll, to um, <laughs> tidying up your office at the end of the night, to, you know, doing all, you know, to, to, to putting out a blog post, even if you're not comfortable with it, you know, and all that kind of thing. So I agree with you. I think the more, and especially for people early in their careers, that do it, you know, learn, learn, ask someone. There's lots of people out there willing to help and advise and show and, and do it because you, you're, you're right, you learn it. And you should never expect somebody to do something that you wouldn't be prepared to do yourself and that you don't have some degree of understanding, right? So I agree with everything you said about early stage and bootstrapping and that sort of thing. But then the second point of what you said, and I do see this with some founders sometimes, is they're reluctant to, to part with the money, right? You know, they're reluctant to, to pay for that kind of expertise. But if that's holding back your business, if that's stopping you from scaling and growing faster or stopping you from clinching that sale or, you know, you know getting that bigger customer and so on, well, then, then it's a false economy, right? Then, then you're just holding back. And tell me, because I mean, obviously running running billion dollar businesses is, is something that 99% of the world only ever get to read about. What would you say are, if any, the material differences that you've noticed in running something of that scale? Or is it is it just as when, when you go from a million to 10, 10 to 100, 100 to a billion, billion to 40 billion, are there massive shifts in, in, in methods of operation? Or is it just doing the same thing at scale, but being more organized? Yes, the, the key, you've got you've got to have systems for everything everything systems for everything so that you can duplicate it on a mass scale so we we created those systems when we were small to make sure that they would work perfectly when when they're bigger in fact a lot of us as founders you know john and i 
we we kind of did everything in the beginning. In fact, a, a funny story when I right before I retired, I, I retired in 2017 uh, just to focus full time on charity work. But right before I retired, and now I'm still I'm still a founder, I'm still an owner, I'm the GP of the funds, etc. But I got way smarter people than me that are running the show. And, but right before I retired one of the we had we had actually 4000 employees back then we scaled down the employees and outsourced some of the things since that time but so at the time i retired we had about 4000 employees we had 70 plus employees that were in accounting alone one of them his name was andrew he was new there and didn't know the history of the company and he comes and his job that day was to have the partner sign up on our expense reports and so he comes in and and on my expense report i've got I've got trips to Dubai and, you know, I've got front row seats at NBA games and nice restaurants with wealthy people. And he asked me, he, I'm signing off on it. And he said, Paul, he said, Nancy, Paul, he said, Mr. Hutchinson, he said, do you mind me asking, how did you get your job? And I realized he didn't know the history of the company. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you, you have, you have the best job in the whole company. All you do is fly around and go to lunch with rich people. Because I was, you know, I was capital markets at the time. And so I decided to mess with him a little bit. And I said, well, Andrew, I, I used to do what you do. He goes, really? You were in accounting? I said, yeah, I had that, which I was, and when it was just me and John, right? And I said, yeah, I had it. I had a, a spreadsheet, this the Excel spreadsheet that I was keeping track of the net asset valuations of all of the investors and the fund and all of this stuff. And it was like 70 megabyte spreadsheet. I said, and then Adam worked for our accounting, uh, for, for our auditor. Now, Adam is now his boss, right? I said, so Adam came in and did all of our, our audits. And he said, Paul, he said, all of your numbers are right, but there's a hell of a lot easier ways of doing it than what you're doing. I said, so I got replaced by Adam, you know, so basically I hired Adam to take my place. And then he said, I, I said, then I did what Jonathan does. He goes, really, you were underwriting assets. Yeah, I have this huge stack of papers in which I was going through all of these assets and trying to figure out what the values were, et cetera. And every night I went home with a headache. And so we got, I got replaced by Jonathan. And so I said, the only thing I was any good at was going to rich with, going to lunch with rich people. So that's where they put me. And so, so then he's like, well, holy crap. He says, so how many people were here when you started? I said, just me and John. So the, the principle I'm teaching there is as an entrepreneur, learn every part of your business, but don't be afraid of hiring somebody who's way better than you at each one of those areas as you grow. Perfect. What's even funnier about it just came to my head what you just said. People are happy to have a random vaccine shoved in them that they don't fucking, in my opinion, don't fucking need. Um, yet something that's already in their own body, they're not happy to do. And I think this is where people sometimes need to learn the skill of critical thinking. And the amount, like, my parents have a lot of health issues and I try and advise them sometimes. They don't fucking know sometimes. Um, and then their doctor will say something like, that's not right. And then six months down the line, they're like, yeah, you, you were right. I was like... Because this is a thing that I think everyone is so married to the idea that doctors, the NHS, whoever is like gospel and they must be correct. As a reality, these people learned from a book that's probably 50 years old. And these people often aren't thinking for themselves. They're just regurgitating information that they've retained rather than looking at the, the information in front of them and making an informed decision. So this is one of the key things we help with a lot of men who come to us who are in the situation with um, low confidence, self-drive, sex drive, like less drive in life generally it's like this is something you probably want to look at and get your blood work done to see if this is actually an issue
And taking what you've just said though on a slight slight business bent as well, that you know, ultimately for me that just shows the importance of how we need to learn as much as we can about every single thing. Well, obviously certainly anything that we're gonna have exposure to, but you know, but the more the merrier because you know everything that kind of has a knock-on effect of something else. And you just said yourself that, you know, people believe what the doctor says. And you think, well, he's a doctor, he must know more than me. In the same way they go to a lawyer, if they go to an accountant and they think, oh he's, he's a lawyer, he must know more than me. And I've never ever met a business owner who doesn't think that their lawyer or their accountant is the best accountant in the world. And it's and it's always always because you know they've either saved them a couple of quid in tax but you know any competent accountant or, or, or lawyer should have been able to do that for them but the reality is the reason they think they're so good is because they know something that you don't know but like it like, like anything like football players like personal trainers or you know like like doctors you know there's good there's good and there's bad ones i think you know the the biggest business sorry the biggest mistake people make in business is not learning as much as possible about every single discipline that's in there maybe maybe not enough to be good enough to be able to replace all the people, but certainly good enough to be able to have a conversation so that people aren't pulling the wool over your eyes, whether that's people internally in your organisation or people externally, like uh, you know, like uh, lawyers, accountants, you know, or whatever external consultants you may use. And taking it back to what we were just saying, it's just just the same with doctors. You know, okay, I'm not saying you're going to learn learn enough to be able to replace the knowledge of that doctrine to be able to go and do do his job for him but surely you want to be able to have enough to make a, a you know to ask some critical questions or to or to decide when you need a second opinion the the beautiful thing you said there just reminded me of my favorite saying it's a genius doesn't have great answers you ask great questions mm. and that's the most important thing people need to like think about and the same thing if i can stand on stage and talk about fitness fitness businesses whatever and people can ask anything like and i don't care because i'll be able to answer it if you ask someone a question or something in their specific field and they don't know what the answer is that's when you probably should question what's going on so to give an example i recently went for fertility treatment to give have sperm frozen to have kids when i'm older so there's not any issues the doctor was trying to lecture me about taking protein powder about how it was going to ruin my kidneys but he was probably 10 stone overweight and i was like like pot kettle black in terms of scenarios and i think sometimes you just have to learn to just take everything with a pinch of salt people say and sometimes see through what is right and what is wrong <laughs>